Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the first episode of Scare Traducing for a new year, a new decade. Feliz Año Nuevo! We are the horror podcast that is serious about series, aka literally the worst name for a podcast, or the Eternally Unwell podcast. Oh my god. My name is Gisela Martinez. And my name is Cal McNabb, and I'm never giving that up. And we are here for our first episode, as I say, of the year and of the decade. And we're also celebrating, because we've got some interesting news today. Yes, we do. We received an email today that we are going to get press passes for the Glasgow Film Festival 2020. We are press. We are press. We are press Officially now, press. Uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't, I, yeah, we didn't even know we were going to get it. We didn't think we were going to get it. We just kind of were like, they have an application form. Why not? See what happens. We got email today. We're press. Oh, I always knew that I would get it. I mean, come on. I'm Gisela <laughs> Martinez from Scare Traducing, the horror podcast that is serious about serious. Uh, hello. <laughs> so, yes. We are press now. So, hopefully there's going to be uh, good horror films in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or just good films. But, yeah, I would want genre films. Or someone famous that I fancy. Someone famous that you fancy that you can go yeah, and see Yeah, last in year, uh, Matt Bomber was here in Glasgow and yeah. I didn't see him obviously so right, come but on, I don't bring think me that... someone juicy like Saki uh, Efron or <laughs> what you're not gonna get to meet them though like but I see them live but you could just book tickets for that anyway <laughs> even if you don't get it but we'll try and see what we get and we'll do special episodes on that later on in the years well I say later on in the years February end of February time so that's coming up in the future what else has happened? We watched the Golden Globes on Sunday. Yep. Because we like the awards, even though they never recognise anything horror, we do still enjoy them. And Callum claims to know about movies, to enjoy that. And he came second. My friend Fernando from Mexico and Odette from America uh, tie on the first place. Mm-hmm. Second Callum, mm-hmm. then Daniel from America, that is married to Odette. Just, just letting you know. And, and me, you, tied. Got, yeah, tied third. So yeah. it wasn't that bad. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. And so Dan yeah. Fernando always and went, and then me, and then you. That's what we're saying. Like, that's normally how it is. Uh-huh. But you should be first. No, not necessarily. Why not? So you are saying that Dan Fernando knows more about how it's going to go for probably. the words. Even, like, you have seen more movies than that, probably. You but should be more able to judge. But it's it's it's, it's a, bullshit. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, with the Golden Globes, it is bullshit. But I think also because half of it's TV, and I'm usually not good at the TV stuff because mm-hmm. I I don't know anything about the TV. Like I watch some shows, but I, I'm not big on it. I did all right this year in the TV section, but okay. yeah, the Golden Globes and the whole awards thing. Like I like it, but I always usually go with my heart over my head. Because I did win one year, and I'll always remember it, and that was the year Moonlight won, and I had Moonlight to win Best Picture, oh and God. when La La Land got called out as the winner, I hadn't won, and then when it got reversed, it turned out I actually had won that year's prediction list, so that was why, like, so every year then it's like, okay, this is the year that it's going to line up and agree with me, because yeah. the year before, I don't think we did it, but I wanted Spotlight to win Best Picture, and it did as well, so it's been a few years since the film I've wanted to win has won, but... Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll keep playing for that. This year, I think 
that is going to be the case. I'm not going to say it out loud, but <laughs> basically, there are two films I think are going to win Best Picture, and I love both of them. So yeah, we'd watch the Golden Globes. BAFTA nominations came out today. BAFTA so white. Yep, hashtag BAFTA is No white. diversity. Uh, obviously, for anyone listening, I am white, but that doesn't mean I support this. I'm cafe. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That, I don't know what to say. That's true. I'm cafe, so um, I'm brown. But yeah, like always, the action, the, the reaction is always like, well, maybe this year, maybe, you know, wouldn't it be better to get an award on merit rather than just like tokenism? Like, oh, we need to put a black person in or an Asian person in because we've not got one. And yes, you're right. It would be a bit shit to just throw someone in just to fill a diversity quota. But if you're telling me that Lupita Nyong'o doesn't deserve to be uh, nominated for awards, then I don't know what film you saw. Because she should be steamrolling this. I know. And I think Lulu Wang deserves a shot in there as director. Because The Farewell was one hell of an emotion. Amazing. Aquafina, she deserves to be in there. And you can say, okay, but she's in the Rising Star Award. But that's not an acting award. That's just like who's on the up and coming. She's very good. In like, the... who do you like? Because that's the people that vote for that. And also, like, Scarlett Johansson's up for two awards. She's up for Best Actress... For Marriage Story, mm-hmm. very, very good. And she's up for Best Supporting Actress, Jojo Rabbit. Pointless. She, she's not great in that film. Yeah, like, she's no. not bad. She's fine. But she doesn't have much to do. German accent. But she doesn't have anything to do. I she's don't... not important in that film. I, I mean, don't... she is important in terms of the story. But, like, if you're telling me she's a better performer than... I don't know how to pronounce this person's name, but I'm going to try. Zhao Shuzhen, who plays the grandmother in The Farewell. Oh, Bullshit! The Grandmother in the Farewell is a way better supporting performance than Scarlett Johansson in um, Jojo Rabbit. So there are people of colour and minorities out there who should be getting awarded. Uh, Also, female directors, none of that this year. As I said, could have been Lulu Wang, could have been Greta Gerwig for uh, Little Women. Woman. Another perfect film. Like, she's two for two. Lady Bird and now this. So I don't know what the BAFTA is, what's wrong with them this year. Again... It doesn't mean that any everyone in the BAFTAs is racist because obviously it's like it's an awards body, so it's like you put down your five films, I put yeah, mine down, yeah. and, it, and it's like ta- it's tallied up. Like, yeah. it, but we talked about this before the Golden Globes with Odette and stuff on on chat, and I've said it before. I think there is a difference between people who claim to want diversity in the industry and actually support diversity in the industry. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it's performative and just like, oh, we want it. But then they don't do anything to... to yeah, it's good on paper. But they don't do anything to support it. Yes. That's press out of the way. That's Globes out of the way. That's the BAFTAs being fucking idiots out of the way. Yeah. And now we are here to start our first mini-series of the year. And we are going to be slightly racist. <laughs> because we're doing four films. <laughs> and, and they are... The Grudge. The Grudge. But they are The Grudge... American! The American series. We are not doing the <laughs> Japanese series. And I know that Bong Joon-ho, the director of Parasite, literally just criticised everyone for this at the Golden Globes. He basically was like, once you... Oh, I love it. Yes, I, I agree. I love that speech, by the way. Once you overcome the one-inch-tall barrier, as if, like, it's so small to overcome, Yeah. of subtitles, you know, you'll open up a whole new world of film. And he's right. And we love foreign films. I, I, I love that. But I love that speech. The Grudge is coming out here at the end of the month, and we want to do that the week it's released. So that gives us essentially four weeks to do it. 
Yeah. And there's there's three American films currently, plus the new one, four. And there's like nine Japanese ones. I know. And plus we don't have any of them on DVD. So we'd have to buy them, or we'd have to rent them, or we'd have to steal them, but we don't want to do that. I Whereas we can get the American ones on... Amazon and Netflix, etc., etc. They're there. They exist. And also, we we, we have a life. So it might watch all these films, and we don't want to just to do all. Basically, 2020 was just a grudge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so no, you want I, variety? We'll give it to you. Sorry, it's just American. Exactly, but we could do the Japanese grudge series at a later date. Who knows? But I put it to you then. Isela, yeah. that the next franchise we should do after we finish The Grudge at the end of this month should be a foreign language one, because we haven't done one yet. They have all been English language films. Oh, I don't know any. I do. Okay. Four of them. Okay. Well, actually six, but four and two American. Okay, go on. Wreck. You've never seen oh, the fourth Wreck. I, I, love, I love Wreck, yes. I and I have them all Wreck. on DVD, and I have the two American ones, which I've never seen, and we could do five episodes. one coming, no? No, but just, just to get... Foreign language film out of the way, a foreign language series I have. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll do okay. that. So, we're here for The Grudge, but there is subtitles Oof. coming. Oof. And Spanish subtitles as well. Well, English subtitles, Spanish language. Yeah. Because you speak Spanish. Ha <laughs> yes. So, The Grudge, 2004. Isela, in a word. Bland. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I watched this movie with my friends Can in I just the cinema. interrupt you for a second? What? Which is, if we are going to be doing press for films in Glasgow Film Festival and trying our hardest to like whore ourselves out to get a poster quote, <laughs> we can't be saying things like bland. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be giving five star reviews no, no, left no. for you. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, it, it has a reason. Okay. When I watched this with my friends... So you remember the first time you watched it? I do. No, I don't remember watching it. I remember when we finished a movie and all like joking about that and everything. So it's 2004, Obregón, Mexico. Yes. And we were talking about that. Oh my God, the creepy kid that is in the movie, the creepy kid. Oh yeah, Toshio, Toshio, Toshio. I just remember the name because we, after the cinema, we planned to go to this uh, sushi restaurant called Tochiro. So we were like, no, let's not go to Tochiro because the Toshio, the kid, is going to be there. Toshio, Toshio, to-. And I just remember Toshio. And I remember, I got scared. Hmm? I got scared. I remember getting home. And you mean, distra- like 15, 16? Yeah, and get distracted so to not think about the movie because it actually like kind of freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Now this time that I watch it again, I just feel like, ugh. What? Like, uh, uh, that's why. But I'm not saying the movie doesn't have good things mm-hmm. or um, the story, the meanings or whatever. All that is there. But for what I remember to what I see right now, it, 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 it didn't feel the same. So you're not saying it doesn't have good things. Yeah. But doesn't... what you are saying is that... You refused to go to a sushi restaurant after you saw a movie because it shared a similar title with the creepy kid <laughs> in the Japanese movie you just watched. <laughs> racist. I put it to you. That's racist. Hey, we say we're going to be kind of racist in this Yeah, because we're doing the American ones. I'm so sorry. That doesn't mean we get to be racist. Asians, <laughs> Asians fans. Probably we don't I don't think Asian we've got fans. any Asian fans. Yeah, well, we're after this. <laughs> so, okay, bland. Well, my word is, along similar lines, it's Fine. It's just fine. 
I had heard so much about this movie because it was like early 2000s US remakes of Japanese horror film because um, obviously you had The Ring and then now you've got The Grudge and then later on you had like Dark Water and then you had mm. whatever and then you had this, that and the next thing and blah 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 and it just, there was like a J-horror sort of boom but then there was like a boom of Americans remaking J-horror and uh, so I'd always heard about The Grudge being like one of the most successful of it or people the one that everyone had seen and liked or whatever as well as The Ring and I'd just never seen it so I was watching it this time going okay forget that this is a remake because it's made by the same director as the Japanese one Yeah. so you know he's obviously found some sort of reason to re-adapt it but this time in the English language he's obviously thought there's something there or maybe he's just taking a paycheck I don't know but there's some a artistic. Check. It's not a blank check <laughs> because uh, the budget was something like, according to Wikipedia, which is probably not a great source, but it says ten million dollars. So it's definitely not a blank check. But anyway, so I'm like, he he obviously found something uh, there that he wants to do. Yeah. In English, let's see what it's like, and it's fine. It's all right. Yeah. It's got some great imagery in it. Which I'm sure exists in the Japanese one as well. Like, I'm, I'm sure it absolutely does. Uh, it's what? Is it Juon? Huon? How do you pronounce it? You know? Huon. Huon. No, the grudge. And apparently the director's name is Takashi Shimizu. Shimizu. I don't know how you pronounce Shimizu. it. Shimizu. Shimizu. Takashi. Like Takashi Miki, but not. So yeah, I was just like, right, let's see what this is all about. And it didn't scare me at all. I don't, it I... did kind of play on my mind later on, though, with <laughs> when I went to get the Hoover out of the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I pictured Thingy's face the in head. the wardrobe. Oh, What's okay. her name? I can't remember her name. Joko. No, Tocho. No, no the Tocho. Kayako. 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 Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Yes, her face, her pale white face with the long black hair in our, as you call it, little room. The little room, it's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a wardrobe. <laughs> the little room. <laughs> um, <laughs> I pictured her face and I kind of was like, wow, that's lived in the memory. That's just stuck there like this image uh which is cool because i don't know it's it's a, it's a cool image and toshi toshio toshio is also kind of a cool creepy but like because the way he sits it's like almost like he's a little ball yeah and it just it just it's just not unnatural and but it's just quiet. strange to the point where you, it lingers on your memory memory i think like at what i like about japanese or korean films is that you are gonna get a lot of Mythology. Meanings, yeah, about yeah, things. Lore, like, yeah. if they have something red there, it means something for the Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone wearing a white dress, oh, they're sad. Oh, you see the balls with water, the water, the sound of the water. Like, they have a lot of, like, symbolisms on mm-hmm. the movie that if you know about them, probably will make more sense or you will get it more. And I think that's what the uh, director was trying to do, like, kind of introduced to the western culture like mm-hmm. not Maybe. too much we should say though this is this is written by an american man though steven susco he wrote this version yeah fair so enough the director but still, did not write this version. that's what i'm saying like okay we're not gonna put the whole thing there yes because it's not gonna make sense okay but let's hint a yep. little bit just, just like introduce them to and i think they do a really really good job uh, the well, way... they actively just tell you it one bit. The cop just says, in Japan, people believe this. And he just, he just tells But that's, yes, I agree with you. 
in Japanese horror, Korean horror, etc., like horror films or, or even thriller films. Like, you think more about it. There's always something else going on yeah. below the surface. And to the point where a lot of the times they're like, we know what this is. We just can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. But like, we know why this ghost exists or we know what this demon is. We just don't have the means to, to deal with it. Whereas in America, it's like, what the fuck is that? And there's like, confu- but there's no confusion in J-horror. Like, we yeah. all know who that demon is. Yeah. We just can't stop like the demon. Like the cabin in the woods. <laughs> yes. That they have their kids uh, singing to the ghost. But they end up figuring it out. Yeah. That's a piss take of J-horror. Like, where it's like hope beats evil yeah. in the end. And I love it. I I, I, I love that kind of... Um, but that is not the case films. in this film. Spoiler. Yeah. I mean, it's American, so... No, but, no, but I, I think that's not the... I think the end is probably the same. Because the idea is... So the idea of the grudge is a curse that's born when someone dies in the grip of extreme rage or sorrow. That's the first image we get once you, you just play get text the DVD. On the screen. It gets text with that phrase, and we're like, "Oh, okay." So it's like that supernatural force. So like, like rage or sorrow. Like why, why anger and sadness? Deeply sad. Like for example, the curse of Llorona. But those are two different emotions. Except that uh, are strong emotions. Okay. Like when, uh, like the curse of La Llorona. I hate that film, but that is a bad film. Um, the person that died, La Llorona, the woman that yeah. died, it was extremely sad for they for their kids, the the kids. But she drowned her kids. Yes, but then she regretted and she dies. Ah. And, and it was like an actual pain. So. It's, it's a ah, strong so it's, emotion. So it's, so, it's, oh, so it's whatever is, is so it's emotions that are painful for the. Yes, for and the, then that's why. La I, was, I just wonder why it's hunts, two emotions. That's why, why like Jorona hunts the earth looking for her kids. Okay, so curse is born. Yeah, curse is born. It will stay in this plane of existence, this place until whatever. Uh, and those who encounter it will eventually die, and the curse will be reborn from there. And it will go on repeatedly from victim to victim. On and on and on and on and on. Yeah. And the cop says that. He says, like, basically, there's no way out. He says that to Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, and I remember thinking, at that point, what bullshit rule are they going to introduce where the Japanese cop has told the American lady that there is no way to get out of this? That's what Japan believes. That at the end of the movie, somehow the American woman figures it out. I was like, what bullshit rate? But... Spoiler, she does not. Yeah, she so dies. Let, let's start from the start. But that's so, difficult because it's done, it's done non-linearly. No, like it jumps just, back and forth in two different Yes, I know, but stories. let's kind of say what Kyle starts. So we have Sarah Michelle Geller as an exchange student mm-hmm. with the boyfriend that is studying, studying some master or something. He's studying. Both of them are studying in Japan. Yes. And... Yeah, we don't like the couple. There's no chemistry then with them. Like, there's nothing. Sarah we don't Michelle believe. Gellar. We don't believe that the guy is in love with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, she plays Karen, and Jason Bear is her boyfriend, Doug, and they have no chemistry. And I, when I was watching it, put it down on mainly on his shoulders. Like, I think she's pretty good in this. I think she does what she needs to do. Yeah, and I think he's just kind of bland. But yeah, so they're in Japan. Yeah, they're in Japan. And I don't know, like, we also get, like, 
introduced to another family that moved to a new house and the older woman mm-hmm. basically sees something mm-hmm. and stop talking stop being a human being just sleeps all the time so we have these two worlds that are gonna collide yep and that's how we get our movie so Sarah Michelle Keller go and take care of this old woman that mm-hmm. now just sleeps and apparently makes a mess. Every time you go to the house of this old woman, yeah. it's a mess. So, previous Sarah Michelle Geller, there's this girl called Joko. The girls take care of her. She's cleaning the house. And she encounters the girl, the grudge? The, the, the ghost again. The ghost. So, so th- I don't know how to call it. can you explain it? why the grudge exists there? The so house. there's three stories, right? You've you've explained two. There's Sarah Michelle Gellar and a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and there's the family, the Williams family, who have just moved into this house and they need a caretaker for the mom. The mom, and that is Yoko, who is then replaced by Sarah Michelle Gellar. So that's yeah. those two stories. Yes. But there is a third story, which is Kayako, who's a housewife. Mm-hmm. She is in love with her college professor. Yes. And she, like, writes, keeps a secret diary. She's married, but she keeps a secret diary obsessing over this man who's her college professor. And her husband finds it. Yeah. Kills her and their son, Toshio. Toshio. Uh, And then, apparently, according to Wikipedia, Toshio's ghost comes back and kills the dad then. I had thought it was just a murder-suicide. That he just kills both of them and he kills himself. Mm-hmm. Either way, all three of them die in horrific circumstances. Yeah. That is where the grudge is born. Because that's Toshio and Kayako's ghosts who then stay in the house. Toshio killed the dad. That's what Wikipedia is telling me. How? Hanging him. Remember the dad is found to hang. And how Toshio die? The dad drowns him. Oh, so he came back and killed the dad. That's what Wikipedia says. That's not what I got watching the film. Oh, no, I thought just the dad hung himself. Exactly. I thought it was just a murder-suicide. The dad kills the wife because he finds out about this college professor. Yeah. And then kills the son because he's, he's in a violent rage. Yeah. And he doesn't want anything to do with the wife, so he kills the son as well. And then, mm-hmm. in like extreme panic, realizes what he's done and, and hangs himself. But that's where the grudge is born. Okay. That's the beginning of that curse. The college professor comes and finds the bodies. Yeah. And then he is in some way beginning to be haunted by these these ghosts that he's found. And he commits and he suicide. And he commits suicide. He jumps off a balcony. Yeah. That's the very first thing we see in the movie. And then it goes, a few years later, the Williams family from America move into that house. The, the, the husband and wife, they're, they're happy with it. They have a dementia-ridden mother who doesn't like it. Yeah. And then she begins to just not talk. Yeah. And then uh, she needs a carer. That is Yoko. Yoko dies because of the curse. Yes, because... In the house. So, yes. And then the police... And then Sarah Michelle Gellar goes. Yeah, That's goes how it all there. ties up. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then Sarah Michelle goes there. Mm-hmm. She encounters with this ghost. Mm-hmm. And the old woman die. And the old that, woman that she's there to take care yes, of, yes. And now the police is involved. Yes. 
and here's when Sarah Michelle Gellar finds out that um, what you said, like the police said to her, uh, in Japan we believe, whatever, yeah. whatever. So it says, if you put a f- basically a foot in that house, yeah, you're gonna be dead. Yes. And that's like, oh, okay, makes sense. Everybody that's been in the house so far has died. Has died. Yes. So basically, the first family, the other family, and Sarah Michelle Keller. Yes. But also, we get uh, someone's sister. So the movie essentially plays, like, if you're, if you're, like, yes, there's these three main stories and it's jumping back and forth, but it kind of feels more like it's like a series of short films. Because something will happen, and then it'll be scared, and then it'll just cut to something else, completely different. It's a different time zone, it's a different time frame, it's yeah. this, whatever, and then it's that person. And then you've got uh, someone's sister at work, yeah. and she's being haunted at work. And you're like, but that's not even in the house anymore. It, it plays like a, just a series of short films that are of, of people all being possessed by the same thing. And that's my favourite, like, from all of them. Yes. Like, how you show, like, you can show all those situations. Mm-hmm. The sister at work it was my favorite because I was like, oh my god, it might have happened to me. Because you're you, in, alone in the office. Just because, like, I'm in the office. It's a modern place in the city center where, like, it's nothing like to do with a nothing to do with a creepy house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even going to the left and then listening, like, seeing things, listening weird sounds, like, no. And then she goes to her house where. If I come to my place, I will feel safe. Yeah. But no, it's like weird things are happening around. I think the, the whole sister part, it was my favorite. Whose sister is she, by the way? I the the guy that commit to... No, the... Yes, the guy that commit suicide. At the very, very start. Oh, no, the professor. No, she's... Sorry, she, the professor, the professor. The one that moves in with the with the girlfriend. With, the with the girl, his wife and the mum. Yes. It's, it's his sister. Yes. Yes. And, yeah, she's in the office alone... Things start going weird and she can hear someone behind her. She's leaving. Mm-hmm. She goes into the stairwell and she looks down the stairs. She's like 20 floors up. She looks all the way down and she can see someone coming up. And the way the ghosts move in this is really cool. Oh, I love it. Especially Kako towards the end. Like she kind of moves as if they've taken frames out. So she's really jittery. Yeah, like jumpy. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I like it. like it a lot. Um, Toshio... People have just seen him around. <laughs> He's just popping up, yeah. saying things, and then he meows at one point, but someone doesn't notice. He meows. Remember, the, someone goes to a house, and Toshio's <laughs> there in the background, and then he just goes... Is that the cat? Is the name of the cat? Oh, that's good. And the guy, but the guy doesn't even notice. But is that the, the, the name of the cat? Well, Toshio. He meow. No, he meows a lot. The cat meows. Ah! A dog, woof, and a cat meow. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck are you I talking about? Who's... Meow. I'm like, Meow is the name of the cat? Racist. You thought I was saying a Japanese name. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm like, um, who's Meow? Apparently the pet cat's called Mar. According to Wikipedia. There you go. Okay. Anyway. Steven. So, so, yeah. so that whole sequence is really cool. And... Um, yeah, I like how the ghosts exist as kind of physical forms, but they don't behave in a way that physical forms would. Like, for example, when she goes to... Before she leaves the office, she runs to the security guy's uh, office. Yeah. And she's like, someone is here following me. And the security mm-hmm. guy goes out to take a look. And she's watching him on the monitors. 
and then he leaves because nothing happens and you can see a ghost form under one of the doors and then it walks down the hallway and as it walks down the hallway it keeps jumping from the left to the right hand side of the hall like it doesn't walk in a straight line yeah but it, but it's like when it jumps to the left it's in front of like kind of like a thingy in the ring what's the name of the girl in the ring Samara, uh, Samara. Morgan yeah. when she's walking towards the camera and then like the tape jump, and she's already closer oh yeah I like how they behave in ways that are not like you're like how the fuck does she get yeah. yes it's unnatural but we can we can uh, we can put some sort of you know understanding behind it yeah I like that stuff and then essentially what happens is Karen his uh, boyfriend no no sorry it's the cop decides to burn the house down yes that's essentially the movie just it, as I say it plays out like a series of short films people are getting scared people are getting killed blah 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 jumping back and forth but eventually the cop who is investigating all this uh, the family that have been there with the mum the mum as he said has died so have the husband and wife mm-hmm. they're found in the in the attic Yoko's body turns up without its missing, missing jaw oh that's the, good the bottom one. half of his jaw missing so people are turning up the cop decides enough's enough gonna burn it down yeah. but he's already explained there's no end to this so essentially what I think he's trying to do is trying to make it the end like, yeah. if you burn the place down, will that get rid we'll of the curse? It, yeah. Will that finish the curse? Yeah. So, like, it's, I'm going to die. Sarah Michelle Gellar's going to die, but nobody's, it's not going to pass on to anyone. Yeah, because clearly it's something to do with the house. Like, yes. if you visit the house, you die. So, it's logical that, like, okay, burn down the house. So, he goes to burn finish. it down. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar's boyfriend, for some reason, thinks she's there. I can't remember why, but he does. Because. She goes for a walk or something. You know, where are you? I'm worried about you. Are, and then, you, are you back at the house? Because I, I think you've been researching the house. Right. So he thinks she's in the house. That's right. And then, so then he, she hears that voicemail and goes to the house. Like, don't go because you're going to die. Yeah. So the three of them are now at the house as the cops trying to burn it down. He covers it in oil and is distracted immediately. He doesn't get to burn it down. Mm-hmm. Uh is he distracted? Is that when he he goes to the bathroom and is drowned in the bath? Yeah. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar turns up. Her boyfriend is so right in the floor. He's on the floor. Boom. And then yeah, she can see something at the top of the stairs, coming down the top of the stairs. Oh yeah, that's a, that's and a it's Kyoko coming out of the a sack like out of a bag, yeah. and then crawling Kinda down the like stairs. Like Exorcist. It's but she doesn't do it. Yes, but she's coming down the stairs really slowly. That's creepy. So creepy. Right. And then she, but she calls right up to her. Like she comes right up to her. Yeah, I know. Sarah Michelle Gellar, I don't know why, I can't remember, is she hurt or something? But she can't move, basically. Yeah. And this ghost thing comes right up to her before she turns around. Is that when she turns around and opens the door to get out? And as she opens the door, boom, the ghost's already behind the door. Yeah. And you get this great, I fucking love this, where it's just her head. Oh, yeah. Isn't and it's a, a, a like, she opens the door and it's really really high and it just floats down towards her it's so creepy and it's just, but it's just ahead it's, it's really so good. creepy really good that is very very good and then then she takes like a lighter yeah she and takes basically light- drops it yeah she does bur- she does light the oil on fire and burn the yeah. burn the house down and she's uh, and then the next thing we get is her in hospital. So how old Sarah Michelle Gellar was in that movie? In this movie, Sarah Michelle Gellar, so this is what, 2004? Yeah, 2004. Uh, 
Principal photography began in 2004, January. So January 2004. She was born in 1977. So 87, 97, 27-ish. Somewhere around there. 26, 27. She's now 42. Wow. Why? I don't know. In my head, Sarah Michelle Keller is always going to be like 20. <laughs> or 25. She I was going to say on Wikipedia, I was like, holy shit, she looks alright in this photo for 42. And then underneath it, it says Geller at the 2007 Tribeca Film Festival. <laughs> so it was 13 years ago. I do not know what she looks like now. In fact, what was the last thing she was in? Like, she was Buffy, I, I, wasn't she? Yes, I, but I don't think she'd done everything recently. She's not done a film. The last film she'd done with a, was a voice film, and before that was 2009. Veronica Decides to Die. Oh, I love that book. I've never seen it. Pa- Paulo Coelho. That's a book. Yes. Yeah. So that was her last. That was her last starring role. I really like that movie. She's the lead actress in that. Yeah, she's Veronica. And in, uh, and then she was in two TV series in 2016, a pilot, and then one episode, and then 2019 she played herself in a Big Bang Theory episode. Yeah, last I don't remember year. that. Uh, and that was it. She hasn't done much. She, she basically retired. Basically. Looks like that. Who knows? Um, so anyway. Anyway. She's, she's now survived. called Sarah Michelle Prince. Because she's married to Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. I did not know that. Oh my god. It's so not yeah. as good as Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sorry. She survives. <laughs> she survives. And they're in the hospital. And she's in the hospital. And she needs to recognize the burned body of her boyfriend. Yeah. And obviously it's like oh, an emotional moment. And I was thinking, oh, might I have to recognize Callum's body? That's so creepy. <laughs> I was not thinking that watching it, so <laughs> that's great to know where your head's at when you watch horror movies. Imagine that was my husband dead. Yeah. I did not think they of no, that. No, I mean, it was quite emotional. I was like, imagine I would be crying. I would like, oh, I'm not Of course it would be emotional. That's the whole... It, it's not the whole point, but they no, need to do it. I know, but I would just say, no, I feel sorry. I believe her that she was sad. Yeah, she is good in this she film. She's good. And yes, she was like, oh, okay, this is like so sad. And then you hear something. Because she goes into the room alone to identify yes, the body. Yeah. And under the blanket or what was mm-hmm. it, like a sheet that yeah, yeah, the yeah. body cast, you see something moving. Mm-hmm. And the the hands drops, mm-hmm. and you see again, Jakoki, what's his name? <laughs> what? You see who? <laughs> Jakoki. Who's Jakoki? The woman, the stalker. It's the stalker? Yeah. Kayako. 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 We're probably pronouncing that wrong the whole episode. I don't know if it's Kayako no. or Kayako. It's Kayako. No, it's definitely not Jakoki, or whatever the hell you just said. Jakoki. <laughs> um, but no, but then the camp, then, and then she looks up. And then yeah. the camera moves slightly off to the... So she looks, like, directly down the camera. And then it is... A, and then it moves slightly off to the right or the left. It moves slightly off centre. And then you can see behind her is Kayoka directly, the, the black hair. And yeah. then, boom, just ends. And you're like, oh, so she dies. Good. Like it. Because I was waiting for... Oh, because you burned the house down. That's it. Even though you said it wasn't going to end. And, okay, if it's going to end somewhere, surely it's got to end with her. Because she's still seen the ghost and she's yeah. still experienced. So surely she's got to be the last stop. And, uh, well, we haven't watched The Grudge 2 yet, but I'm assuming she's not the last stop. But yeah. in this film, she is stopped. <laughs> she dies. Yes. Like it. So that's The Grudge. The Grudge. I had never seen it before. As I say, I was surprised 
how much it plays like a series of short films. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is the marketing behind this. It's like, it's a horror movie, it's a Japanese remake with the English language, so it's not subtitled, and it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know, Buffy at the time anyway, right? Yeah. She's not in it that much. Like, she's not in it any more than the, the rest of the stories. Like the like the mum or whatever, you know. Okay, maybe she's in it maybe slightly more than everyone else, but it's like, it's three distinct stories which each have their own side paths of different people. Yeah. I was very surprised at how, like, she's in it maybe just over a third. Because if you go three stories, give her maybe a little bit extra time. It's she's not, the one movie that's moving the story. Yeah, but it's not basically. like it's not like an, a, a lead performance where you're like she's in every scene. No, yeah, not even not. close. No. So I was surprised at that, but I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. I don't think it's great. Yeah, it's okay. I think it's fine. Yeah. That's essentially our reviews of the Grudge. Favorite death, favorite scare, anything like that. Uh, I will say Yoko uh, only because we see her. Her death. Yes, we. See her without a jaw. Oh well, well that's later on, but that's not her death scene. Her death scene is just getting pulled up into the attic. But still, she's dead. Later on, you, you see, see her, her like zombified. I, I, I really like body. that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's quite good. I favorite death. I'm trying to think. I like. Ah! The fuck was that? A cat. Yeah, I know, but who? What? What does it signify? <laughs> the kid. But he, we, we don't really see Toshio's death. We see it briefly to get to the point where, like, oh yeah, the husband killed the wife and the son, but it's not like lingering scene. I would say probably a college professor Peter Kirk, the very start of the movie, who um, falls off the balcony. Because yeah. I was like not expecting that, like yeah. straight out. Because usually horror films begin with a bang of some sort, mm-hmm. a big scare, and like you start with a scare and then you can rest for a bit because the audience already knows that you can scare them. And so you can get the story out of the way and then more scares. This starts with a bang, but it's not scared. Like, I'm not scared by a man committing suicide. But, it's yeah. sad to watch, and you're like, but it's also like, what? why did he do that? But I'm not scared by it. Yeah. So, but it was just a very unusual, kind of bold way to start a film. I was like, holy shit, that guy just jumped off a balcony. That's bold. Fair enough. So I'd say probably that one, because uh, I was like, that's not what I thought this film was going to be. Yep. Immediately. Fair enough. So that's The Grudge. That's The Grudge. 2004. 2004. Pretty successful. Yeah. Uh, made nearly $200 million and was followed up by two sequels, The Grudge 2 and The Grudge 3, which we're going to be talking about next week and the week after. Yeah. And then followed up by another film in 2020 called The Grudge Again. And I already know something about this film that has annoyed me. It's not really a spoiler. But it's something I wish I didn't know, so I'm not going to say it, because I Good. don't think... Do you know anything about no, this one? No, I don't know. Right, okay. Except that people are hating it. Yeah. And the reviews are bad. Yeah, there's something I I, I know. So, that's sad. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thank you. Uh, we are press. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my are. new introduction. Ugh. Scared of doing horror podcast series by series, a.k.a. Lift to the worst name for a podcast, or the Eternally or Work. Also, I thought we agreed that we will start fresh 2020. No. Yes, we no, did. No, you said it and I didn't it agree to like, it. like, okay. No, I don't want to. I like having like oh, a tagline. I don't. <laughs> you can say at the end if you want. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to Scare Producing, the horror podcast that's serious about series, aka literally the worst name for a podcast, or the Eternally Unwell podcast. We are press. We are press. Thanks for listening. 
Gracias por escucharnos. Y hasta la próxima. <risa>